Welcome back to the GarfCast. I'm Trevor C. Turvetin. With me, of course, we have the cutest boy in town, Jacob Pensky. What's up? This is the best episode ever so far, in my opinion. It's only just begun. And, of course, we got Sean Lyons over here. Thank you. Glad to be back and ready to record. Now, unfortunately, Sam May is still dead and Maddie B is on vacation right now. But in their place, we have a very special guest, one and only Teddy Gray. Hello, I'm Teddy Gray. I, <laughs> I wrote, uh, directed, and start, started in a Garfield musical, or a Gar, or Garfeld musical, which I guess is destined to be my legacy. So, hello. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we've all seen it. It's a, it's a beautiful musical. Thank you. But it's actually... Uh, fun fact, the Garfield musical was not how I was introduced to you. Uh, I saw your Phil Major's Ruin Parties video. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know if you uploaded it on TikTok or if somebody else did, but I saw it on TikTok. <laughs> that, that's funny. That's how you found my stuff and then from there found Garfield. Yes. Yeah, that Phil Major's video, you know, it didn't do shit on YouTube. It got like 2,000 views, but then it blew up on TikTok. So I don't know. I guess it was more TikTok oh. for me. That's how it be sometimes, though. Yep. The TikTok. Algo- algorithms are weird, so. Yeah, they are. So, um, you know, you you did Garfield, but you've also you also a musician. Uh, when it comes to music, like, wh- what are your biggest influences when you're making music? Um, I am a big fan of trying to when I get an idea for a song that I feel like okay I haven't really heard a song about that before whether about it's whether that's lasagna or or not wanting to have kids or just like a little idea and I'm just like okay well I think I'd like to hear a song about that so I may as well be the one to write it and when it came to Garfield I thought you know I'd like to see a a dark take on a Garfield uh, musical that still tries to like, keep a peppy tone and low budget, but yeah. uh, may as well make it. So <laughs> the mm-hmm. influence is just whatever I feel like is missing in my life that I, <laughs> that I would like to. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I, we did notice a bit of a pattern of death and sadness in a lot of your music. Yeah. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The question I ask myself every morning. Um, I don't know. I guess it's because the melodies that I write tend to be really kind of upbeat and melodic and catchy. And because of that, I need to contrast it with some dark lyrics and dark subject matter just to convince myself I'm not making, you know, music for six year olds. So I don't know. And I like the juxtaposition between happy sounding and uh, dark subject matter. So I was going to say one of my favorite songs by you is Pictures of Your Feet. And it's, <laughs> it's like just a really nice melody. But then when you start thinking about it, it is like a sad story of, you know, dreamers that have to fall back on Craigslist and feet pics. Yeah, yeah dude. I'm, I'm inevitably writing my story when uh, me and my girlfriend went to uh, New York City in like the next month. I'm sure that's going to inevitably be us. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I, don't know who, I don't know who would pay for my feet pics. I got the weird thing where the... Uh, the second toe to the big toe is longer than the big toe, so I think some people would be grossed out by that. You could, you could. There's fetishes for everything. People You're right. like maybe, that kind maybe of stuff. A specialty case, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that might make you more valuable, even. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, pictures of your feet. 
got um got remixed and remastered and i'm putting out my first album mixtape whatever of songs uh next month so you'll hear a new and improved version of that one that uh that slaps more so can't wait is it gonna be on spotify and everything yeah yeah it's called rock and roll mcdonald's because why not it's just my never-ending quest to make sure people don't take me seriously and yeah <laughs> yeah it is all the songs i've put out over the last year except for film majors because that was a little bit too much of a gag just uh remixed and remastered to make it sound a little more album ready so yeah i'm excited about that is there going to be any physical media like it on vinyl <laughs> So I would love to, I'm a big vinyl head. I got a big vinyl collection. So I would love to do like a limited pressing. But the thing is, you know, that stuff is, uh, is expensive to do. So I need like yeah. some assurance that I'm going to get a return on that investment. So I don't know. We'll see how it does digitally. And if it seems like there's a demand or an audience for it, then uh, we'll see. Maybe after you make it big, you can do a commemorative 10 year anniversary or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A deluxe edition. We'll do that with the soundtrack, too. I'll put out all the acoustic demos of them. So you just dropped a new music video for uh, Temporary Tattoos. Yes. Um, knowing that, you talk about how you would never want to do anything permanent. But if you ever were to get a tattoo, what would you get? Hmm. Uh, my favorite song is a song called Live Forever by Oasis. And that's kind of my mantra is just living forever, the idea of immortality. So I would probably get a very small live forever tattooed like i don't know like right above my ankle like count olaf or something like i don't know somewhere, <laughs> somewhere like yeah, that like a little vfd yeah but like i say i'm not much for uh permanent alterations like you know i love the idea of uh having spray paint or dye in my hair or like little fake piercings and this and that but i don't know i maybe it's because i'm a baby but the idea of i feel like i'm too non-committal to have something permanently but full respect to everyone who is brave enough to do that <laughs> yeah no i get it like one of the things that i always notice the like the hoops in the ears earlobes like yeah when people don't have the hoop in and you just see the dangly earlobe that's uh i just that's too much yeah i don't want anything on me that means people are going to be looking at me funny for the rest of my life just you know be like huh try to avoid that so when it comes to Garfield, Garfield the musical. What were some like? Were there any like musicals that you took inspiration from, or was it just? Yeah, so? yeah, definitely. Um, I um was a big fan of Book of Mormon when it came out, and even more so than that, Trey Parker and Matt Stone when they were in college made an independent musical movie called Cannibal the Musical, which is very low budget and truthfully not that great but just the fact that they got it made in college really inspired me i mean granted they somehow raised a budget of like a hundred thousand and i had maybe a hundred dollars so <laughs> it was more <laughs> low budget than theirs but the idea that they just had a complete project musical just you know fucking around in college was very inspirational to me that and uh avenue q was a big inspiration too just uh little shop of horrors yeah, some of those for sure. More the the low budget kind of low budget comedy horror kind of thing, but that seems disposable initially. But then the more you get into it, you realize that there are some, if not layers, there's more to it than just you know screwing around. I was inspired by that stuff that looks like you're not going to take it seriously, but then you find yourself enjoying it more than you thought you would. That's what I was trying to do with Garfield, anyway. <laughs> I would I would like to point out that you are probably the first person that I've met that knew about Cannibal the Musical. 
<laughs> before I uh, mentioned it to them. So we're a small that. club. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you like musicals. What is what's your experience with musical theater? Like, have you what have you done besides I, Garfield? I have been in musical theater since I think third grade, and I've been at this point in I think over like 40 45 musicals like it was just kind of all i did i wasn't much of a sports kid because i sucked at it and i was small and so i figured you know I, i'd prefer to do things that i'm good at than bad at so <laughs> i just did um, yeah local local community theaters and my school's theater and then when i went to college i thought maybe i would kind of put it aside and just i'm a i was like a communications major so i thought you know maybe i'll do a show but I, it's probably time to give that up and then i ended up spending pretty much all my time at school in the drama department doing the musicals and the plays and everything else and that's where i made uh all my best friends there and the people that i made garfeld with so it's it's been a huge part of my life, and even now that I'm done with school, I imagine that it will continue to be, because once the world opens up again, I'll be auditioning for stuff and trying to get gigs and jobs, and if they say, what have you done, I'll say, well, I, uh, I have this song about you know eating lasagna. and Yeah, lasagna and crack. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned working with the people for Garfeld. Did you do auditions for the cast, or did you just pick out some friends? Yeah, I, with the exception of one role, I picked out friends. I had lived with Michael and Sam. Michael is uh, John and Sam is Odie. And Michael, thankfully, is a really, really great musician, whereas I play guitar and I sing, but I'm not much of a musician. So he was able to, after I wrote the songs, kind of help me flesh them out more on piano. And he's got a great voice. So I, uh, I initially wanted to be John because John gets the best songs in the show, in my opinion. But... I really, we just didn't have a Garfeld and I thought, you know, it's a big enough role that it's going to be a big time commitment. So I said, you know, screw it. I'll play it myself. I'll put on a big jolly suit and then Michael can play John because I know he'll be able to and Sam is Odie. So it just kind of worked out that way. I was living with them and kind of essentially just bullied them into doing this with me. <laughs> but I think they were happy they did by the end. Although there were, there were definitely times on set where they wanted to kill me. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that's the same with every film set. And then Lyman, um, was someone that we knew from the department who, uh, was perfect for the role and went in at gung ho. The only role that we outsourced was, uh, Liz cause we weren't sure who was going to play that. But then luckily enough, Sam and I went to, uh, go see a musical review that she was in that was written by uh, a person that we knew at Hofstra and thought that she had the look definitely and the voice and uh she's a commitment and now she's a, a good friend of ours so yeah she was the only person we reached out and it's very difficult to reach out to someone and be like hey i wrote this musical about garfield where john goes insane and tries to murder your character like are you interested in being tied up in our basement while we wear garfield costumes <laughs> virtually okay does that sound like something you'd be interested? but luckily carly that kind of person so <laughs> yeah. for the sake of musical theater thank her and yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um so you you know you obviously you made jokes about jim davis hunting you guys down and killing you did pause inc ever actually contact you about this <laughs> nah, nah jim davis actually is pretty good or pausing when it comes to copyright like i i haven't noticed them trying to take a lot of Garfield, Garfield adjacent or Garfield parody stuff down. Like 
usually what he'll try to do is capitalize off of it and make some money. Like when Garfield minus Garfield got big and they put out the book, Jim Davis purposely attached himself to that because he knew he could make a big percentage of the profits off of it, which is a much better approach, I think, than just trying to take something down and pretend it doesn't exist. But also, mm-hmm. we're still like a very small musical. We have our little cult following, but I don't think we're anything approaching big enough that Paws would feel like, yeah, we need to respond to this. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going to say, because like Lasagna Cat, that whole thing is still up on YouTube and everything, and that that was a lot bigger budget and still. Sure. But, yeah, um, Cat's brilliant. Uh, I hope make some more someday. Mm-hmm. Um. So, did you grow up like with Garfield, or was Garfield kind of more of a thing that you fell in? Like, what what I is fell, your history? I fell with Garfield? Into Garfield. No, I, I I grew up with it. Yeah, I, I don't. I think you kind of grow up with Garfield, whether or not you have a choice. If you're from like uh, a certain a certain type of family or a certain part. No, that's not to say, you know, I was raised eating off of Garfield plates and using Garfield pencils, but I was a huge fan of comics, like newspaper comics when I was a kid. And obviously I think Garfield's maybe the most popular one that there's ever been. And when you're a kid, you can't really discern good stuff from bad stuff as much. So I was very happy to lump Garfield in with Peanuts and Calvin and Hobbes and actual like, you know, masterpieces of comics. To me as like an eight year old, I couldn't really tell the difference between that and Garfield. So I loved all of it as opposed to now where I can kind of see which is held up better. But that's not to say that I don't have a genuine uh, love and appreciation for Garfield because I do, even though they've been kind of slumming it for the past 35 years there was a time where i think it was at least trying to be respectable like the garfield holiday specials the halloween uh thanksgiving christmas those are great specials and we watch them every year in my house they've been a staple for us i could probably recite those specials by memory i've seen them so many times so yeah i was i was a big fan i had tons of books and i don't know it just seemed like if i had to have a first musical based on an existing property this was something with a built-in audience because Garfield memes were all the rage and something that I had a lot of knowledge about too. So yeah, that's, that's why I decided to use it as a jumping off point. Okay. So um, we talked about a bit of this last week, but why, why do you think like the internet has latched on to Garfield of all characters? Because it's so mundane and so absurd at the same time. Like the idea of just a man living with his cat and his dog is just such an inherently boring idea. And Garfield most of the time is a very like talking head strip. Like not much happens. It's just John talking to himself and Garfield making fun of him. But at the same time, it manages to be weird to the point of almost absurdism because of one just the way Garfield looks to the way that John can understand him even though he can't three the fact that Garfield's eating lasagna and he's huge and doing all these things that like a normal human would and they'll just drop random gags about like aliens visiting earth or giant spiders and this and that so it's Garfield almost to me feels like meme culture in that it feels like someone being so bored and purposely just trying to be weird as a result of that. Like Jim Davis very quickly getting bored with his purposely purposely limiting setup and just said, all right, well, what can I do that's just fucking bananas while still feeling like it's not going to be cool. So I, 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 there's just so much you can do with it and so many talented 
artists and meme makers have put their own spin on it. So it was definitely like by the time we did um, Garfeld, I was a little worried. I was like, is this old hat? Like, has this kind of been done already? Like a dark take on Garfield. But now, you know, it's the musical has been out for over a year and people are still making Garfield memes. So clearly the well has not run dry and the interest. <laughs> how much, how much Garfield merch do you own right now? <laughs> if any. All right. Well, I own a good amount of the books cause I would always get them for Christmas and birthdays when I was a kid. So I, I definitely have at least like probably 20 books and let's see in, in terms of toys, I have a little Garfield like, I don't think it was for a Happy Meal, but it looks like a little Happy Meal toy. And it's this creepy little thing that if you press down on it, there's a message that says, I never met a lasagna I didn't like. And Garfield just has like a big smile. And I know that sounds harmless enough, but it looks kind of possessed. Like I used to convince myself when I was a kid that it was like uh, the secret resting place of Satan or something like that. I was convinced that it was a possessed toy. Trying to think what else do I have Garfield related? I have like a couple, I think I have like a coffee mug and, um, that's about, that's about it. Uh, I had more like peanuts merch. Mm. So yeah, you, you did mention, had the, uh, I, uh, I was just going to say like, you mentioned you had a satanic thoughts about Garfield when you were a kid. Uh, yeah. so, um, you think that also has all- something to do with why you uh, why you're so sad in your music? Have you always been sad? <laughs> you always like. <laughs> I mean, you said you like to contrast it with happy sad, but like, if you're thinking about Satan as a kid, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was a weird weird kid. Still am. Um, I think I was willing to take Garfield to a very dark place because. There's that element of transgression that you get when you take like, oh, children's property, but dark. But Garfield isn't sacred to people in the way that like Peanuts or Calvin and Hobbes is. Like if I had made a Mm -hmm. Calvin and Hobbes musical and made it like really dark and like it turns out Calvin and Hobbes are like having sex or whatever, like I would have just felt dirty. Like I wouldn't have made me laugh. It wouldn't have felt – it would have felt like this is desecrating something really beautiful and that means a lot to people. No one holds Garfield like sacred close to their hearts, or if they do, I know people. Most of the appeal of Garfield is the idea of like, oh, dude, what if it was fucked up? Or like, here's this fan theory about you know John actually dead, and this. So it it didn't feel dirty to do it. As for the rest of my music, uh, (laughs) I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know where it comes from. I guess always just kind of having a dark sense of humor and feeling like if I was going to be sad or pumped out about things better to laugh at them as opposed to just wallow in misery <laughs> I mean it's yeah. a really funny and unique style so it, it's it works <laughs> you know it's definitely uh not for everyone but I'm trying to carve out a little niche I have a friend who I've uh one of my one of my best friends and he he likes my music fine but he said to me the other night he was like so the lyrics you write he was like is there like an audience for that? And <laughs> he was like, "Do I just not get it?" But there are like people who are into that kind of thing, and I was like, um, <laughs> "I hope so." Good yeah. question. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to you. Yeah. Um, people say to me all the time, "They're like the songs you write. They're they're so catchy. They're so good. You should like 
write real songs. Like my, I, I had some, <laughs> when they heard Paging Dr. Liz, they were like, that song's so great. I think you should like make a real song out of that. I was like, the fuck are you talking about a real song? <laughs> I mean, also there's like, there's so many like artists now who have made their reputation off like parodying and, you know, being comedic. So I, it's not like a, a bad thing. I was yeah, going to yeah. say, Weird Al Yankovic has a 40-year-long career of being a funny musician. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He's got the longevity. And, like, I'm not trying to be Weird Al. Like, I don't want to be... When In the case of Garfield, obviously, it was mm-hmm. comedy first and foremost. But for yeah. my music, I want it to be, like, good songs that happen to be funny as opposed to, like, these are comedy songs. So, you know, it's still a balance that I'm trying to strike. But after this album's out, I'll be making more... You know, it's not like I'll be making a big, pretentious rock opera that screams, like, take me seriously. But I'll be trying to shy away from the stuff like, oh, is this a little too, uh, nyuk, nyuk, nyuk. <laughs> do, you, do you like making, do you like the parodies? Do you like making parodies or original music more? Like, I mean, I don't write parodies, so I'll say original music. Like, I, yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, I, Sam, who plays Odie, is, is big into the parodies. He, he does, he does a lot of those, but, uh. I like uh, I like writing the original stuff. To me, that's the that's the real yeah. is writing the melodies and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think we've we've covered mostly everything that we really we wanted to talk about. But I do have I do have one question before we move on to the second half of the Garf cast. Um, do you think it was dog semen on a protein shank that John drank? I think it was dog semen. Jim Davis was a little edgier in the late 80s, early 90s, and was mm-hmm. more willing to take those kind of risks. Whereas I think the dog semen joke is so vulgar, and Garfield has become such like a family property that he felt the need to try to like cover it up. But mm-hmm. despite what uh, I said in the Quentin Reviews video where I was the Garfield YouTuber, that, that was written for me. I don't actually believe that it was a protein supplement i i'm firmly team dog semen as you'll see in the musical because the last line is jim davis saying it's uh with spoilers um it was absolutely dog semen before shooting himself in the head so <laughs> i was I'm gonna on that mm-hmm. scene. yeah i was gonna say in the 90s that was definitely when jim was a bit more um, expressive with garfield because that's also when the famous like series the halloween series where he find out that garfield was like dreaming of him being yeah. alone yeah that's true. Was... Mm-hmm. um i remember reading that as a kid and being like what the hell is this but i, <laughs> I liked it you know i like the dark stuff and also there was like garfield's nine lives which i don't know if you've seen or read that but it, we, uh... we talked about that on the show earlier oh, okay. yeah it was yeah. um and yeah that that one that is one of my favorite garfield things because he did partner with other people and even when you look at it a lot of the weirder stuff was written by jim yeah, for sure. Jim definitely had at one point this desire to be seen as, I think, an artist. Like he wanted Garfield to be not just a kid's property, but also something that you could legitimately make interesting art and different animation styles out of and just kind of use it as a jumping off point. But that impulse has clearly completely vanished in the years since. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I don't know if the desire like stopped for him, but I think he's definitely just given up and accepted, become a bit more acceptive of what Garfield is to people. Yeah, yeah. he he's just cashing the checks at this point. <laughs> I was gonna say now that he sold it to Nickelodeon, he's just kind of even just making more money. 
Yeah, I always think of the Garfield movie with Bill Murray as kind of the official jump the shark moment for like Jim Davis has ceased to give a shit about this because you know, he was really barely involved with that movie. He didn't help write it or anything. And you would think that like if this was your baby and you wanted it to be a good movie, you would try to have more say in it and you know create not only a better movie but something that was more representative of Garfield because you know the dog doesn't look like Odie. They mm-hmm. the Normal doesn't even what is the <laughs> the thing that still pisses me off. John does never never wears a blue shirt in the movie, it, which is insane. Like <laughs> it's the easiest thing in the world to do. We got that right. <laughs> or yes. is it to yeah, you guys got the blue shirt. Um, it's uh, it's nuts. And you know, John and Jennifer, uh, wasn't it Brecken Meyer and Jennifer mm-hmm. Love Hewitt are just far too like normal, and it They're... just seems like a typical boring rom com. It's ugh. Mm-hmm. They're too. Cause like in the in the movie they do have the one throwaway line where Liz mentions that she had a crush on John in high school, but the whole relationship of John and Liz was that John was creepy and kind of yeah. borderline stalking Liz. Yeah, for sure. Which obviously, we played up on big time. Mm-hmm. That's a much more realistic representation of their relationship in the comics before they started dating um, than than yeah. the Garfield movie or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Yeah, so I I do believe it's time for the dramatic reading with Jacob Penske. <laughs> All right, so every episode I do uh, I read a comic. Whether it's good or not, I read it dramatically, and we'll see where it goes. So this one's from April 1st, 1994. Uh, featured, it's just, it's just John and Garfield. John is standing there. Eyes low, finger out, pointing to Garfield, and he says, Can I see you for a second, Garfield? Garfield walks in. Sure. John, with his hands on his hips, sternly claims, I want to speak to you about the lack of respect you show. Immediately, Garfield turns around, back to John, and says, Seconds up, as he exits. End scene. Classic. So, lack of respect. Classic lack of respect from Garfield. Classic Gar- helpless John. <laughs> May care attitude. <laughs> it, it is always weird, like, looking through just, you know, the now, what is it, 40 years worth of Garfield comic strips. The thousands upon thousands of strips and seeing how much, like, repeats there are. Yeah. Yeah, it's formulaic to the absolute max mm-hmm. yeah we've probably used the same joke from a comic probably three or four times out of <laughs> the many uh, different jokes yeah out of the yeah. 13 <laughs> episodes of Garfcast, we've already <laughs> repeated in jokes dude i mean like i said he just spins there like we had in the uh musical where there was the wheel of jokes that's really what i feel like jim davis just does he's like all right i need a week strip and just spins the wheel and it's mondays spiders fat joke uh, John's a loser, something like that. Just one of them that'll do. The cycle repeats. <laughs> With think... the occasional, like, what the fuck kind of joke, like uh, alien, uh, vegetarian aliens or whatever. <laughs> do you think that Pause Inc. is going to still be just printing out Garfield when Jim Davis passes away? Or, you know, I, I really don't know. I've wondered that because 
Garfield is so much Jim of Jim Davis's baby, even though I'm sure that he really his involvement in the actual writing of the strip has been less and less over the years. Even he has kind of admitted that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, newspaper comic strips are so much kind of like a dying art form that I feel like Garfield is already cemented enough in people's minds that if the strip ceases to exist, I don't really think anything's going to change. Like I, it's so I, I don't know. I, I, it'll be interesting to see, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of hope not. Like mm-hmm. it's once you have what is it, like 40, 45 years of strips at this point, it's like you, you can't say you're missing out on that much. I think he's done pretty much everything that can be done with it. I was going to say, because uh, with Peanuts, once, you know, Charles M. Schultz passed away, they've just been on repeats for the last 20 years. Yeah. And people really, people still read it because there was so much Peanuts to begin with. Oh, I thought that you meant, I thought that you were asking, uh, would a new artist like take over? Would they continue oh. to Garfield's because that I don't think so and I hope not but Mm -hmm. with Garfield I think as long as newspapers are around regardless of whether or not Jim Davis has kicked the bucket they'll Mm -hmm. still be reprinting old comics until the end of time for sure but um like you said with uh if they just stopped the uh the comic strip I think that was Jim Davis's plan with selling Paws Inc to Nickelodeon that they're going to be trying to push towards new media and everything with more online and TV. Yeah, well, they they should they should because the newspaper comics are uh, are unlikely for a resurgence. Garfield's far more popular as a web comic, the demented you know parodies of it than the actual strip is right now. I would imagine. I don't know. I used to want to be a cartoonist when I was a little kid because I was, you know, because that's where the big bucks are. So then I just once that like yeah once I realized that that art was form was dying and that I'd have a better chance of being the football playing king in space like in SpongeBob I decided to you know focus my energy on a on a much more thriving uh, <laughs> industry of musical theater which brought <laughs> shut down because of the coronavirus so yeah what are you gonna- I think the only thing we can do is go to the fun fact of the day with Sean Lyons. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, John was a cartoonist in the very first strip, but this was never really brought up again because Jim Davis didn't really need to bring it up, I guess. And um, Jim Davis once said in an interview, I didn't want to tread on the fact that John was a cartoonist because my biggest fear was getting a little too inside um that it would be too easy for me to write i didn't want to lose the readers just for my own enjoyment uh later in the interview joe um jim goes on to explain that he he gave john a job from the start to avoid having to answer the question in future interviews (laughs) so 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 he just gave him a job and then he didn't want to bring it up again because he didn't want to want to get too personal i guess yeah Give him a job. No one's going to undo his head. He has to be a cartoonist. Yeah. I think Jim just wanted an excuse for John to be at home all day with his cat. Yeah. Because if John was just home all day, everybody would be asking him for years to come, what does he do? How does he get his money? So I think just setting it from the start that he's a cartoonist making comics about Garfield gives him a good enough reason to be home. 
Well, it's funny that Jim Davis said that he didn't want to get too self-referential because if you look at the original like proto Garfield strips back when it was called John, mm-hmm. it's very like it seems kind of autobiographical because it's more about John. And I remember Jim Davis saying in a foreword to one of his books, like, I am John Arbuckle, like that is my life. I mean, it's respectable that he wanted to um, stay away from like the self-biography kind of stuff because he wanted to write for an audience as opposed to himself. But at the same time, I feel like people kind of like that personal touch. It helps you feel like Mm -hmm. you know the artist more and that it gives you just a more like personal feeling as opposed to like this was created as a product as opposed to this was this is both a product and an expression of self and love. So I don't know. I I think Garfield probably would have been a little better if Jim Davis was willing to be a little more autobiographical and personal. But that ship has sailed. He's doing well. I was going to say, it definitely might have been better quality, but it definitely would not have been as popular as it yeah. has been. Yeah, Jim Davis, I, I, I don't think, has any regrets about how it all went. Why Why would he? You know, he's got to mm-hmm. be close to a billionaire at this point. So. Oh, of course. But uh, so that brings us to the Garf cameo, my segment. Um, so my, my Garfield appearance for the week is a different Garfield musical. It's called Garfield the Musical with Catitude. You, you better believe I know about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask you if you knew about this when you were making it, because this show ran in the summer of 2017 at one theater, and th- at that one summer, and like we haven't seen it since. But it was written by Jim Davis, so yeah. it's like an official Garfield musical. And I'm just confused why, like, there's no recordings, no soundtrack. No, like, oh, so you don't have a clip or anything? I The only thing I can find is the trailer that's on like the Coterie YouTube channel and their website, but that's well, about I'll it. Tell, I'll tell you this. When we when I was writing Garfeld um, and I looked up Garfield musical to see if anyone had done like something like that, and I found Catitude, of course. Mm-hmm. At that time, you could go on the website. I think it was just Rogers and Hammerstein, whatever, licensing – and you could play previews of the 10 songs. I think there were 10 songs, which you can no longer find, and which is devastating. So now you actually have to buy the rights to the musical if you want to hear those songs, which I haven't done. But there were – so yeah, that, that should be your next, uh, your next endeavor. And definitely send me the links when you do. But uh, I haven't seen the script. But the songs were t- – they had titles like Amazing Birthday and I Hate Mondays and uh, Animal Control. And I should – you know, like these songs – are so bad like whatever you're expecting like i hate mondays the chorus is like i hate mondays i hate mondays all the way and it's just like and so i sam and i would just lose our minds at that because it was so appallingly bad there's one song that's like eight seconds long it's called subjects and garfield goes uh uh, subjects arise write my name across the skies raise a flag raise a flag and then it just ends that's the whole <laughs> it's is like a jingle like my list too but th- sadly they've been scrubbed off the internet but the whole time writing garfield i thought you know however shitty this turns out it's it's gonna be it's still gonna be technically the best garfield musical is <laughs> that yeah, no, it um, it definitely feels like the musical with Catitude is going to be lost to time. But you know, probably for the better. Maybe sure. they'll try to. Maybe they'll try it again sometime in the future. 
I hope they do. You know, it could be a double feature. Like it, Garfield the musical with Catitude and Garfield the musical, a Garfield parody. Just play them back to back, you know? Have the kids sit through Catitude mm-hmm. and have yeah. the sit through Garfield. No, the, kid, the kids can see Garfield too. Yeah, well, yeah. You know. Introduce them to crack pipes early. We were talking about doing a Garfield Jr. because we had had a couple people reach out to us be like, I really want to do this for my high school's musical. Like, is there a cleaner version? And I was like, I don't know what you think that we could do, but Garfield Jr. Your Garfield Jr. would essentially be the as long as it's not a Monday, the first song with the swear words cut out, and mm-hmm. then Peyton, Doctor Liz, with a couple lyric changes, and then at the end he proposes, and Liz says yes, and then the musical ends, and it's ten minutes long. That would be. <laughs> Only way I could see making it like clean and acceptable. I was gonna say yeah. it's the same reason schools aren't ever gonna do Book of Mormon. You can't really yeah. clean it's, it up. Yeah, it's not like you change a line. It's not like Grease, you know, where you take out the mm-hmm. line pussy wagon or whatever, and it's fine. Gar- Garfield is intrinsically like from its inception very dirty, <laughs> not okay for. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's not much to cut, <laughs> but. Yeah, well, I believe that's everything that we've wanted to we wanted to talk about. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, watch Garfield the musical. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, we gotta get it. We gotta get it to thirty thousand views on YouTube. Um, it's uh, what is it? It's almost there. It's got like what, like twenty nine thousand something like that. Last, because yeah. YouTube like rounds it down, so it's like it says it's twenty nine thousand right now. So got it's bro. it's right there. The road to thirty k. <laughs> so um before we leave where can the lovely fans of the garf cast find you if they haven't heard of you already you can follow me at um at teddy gray gray with an e i i i because i'm theodore gray drum i'm the third as well i was just saying my full legal name just drop him out there and uh <laughs> on both twitter and instagram and but if you're just a fan of garfeld you can find at garfeld the musical on uh on did I just say if you're just a fan of Instagram? No, Garfeld. Oh, Garfeld. My mind wanders when I do plugs, and then I just end up saying nonsense. So, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then look up Teddy Gray on Spotify and Apple Music and Bandcamp and iTunes and everywhere else to find the Garfeld soundtrack and uh, my original music if you're interested. And uh, yeah, on YouTube, just Teddy Gray. I think that's uh, I think that's everywhere. Oh yeah, uh, Teddy Gray, I I I on on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that's probably your most it's uh, probably most useful at this point. <laughs> TikTok. Don't worry, I got the biggest amount of followers on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only for a little bit till TikTok shuts down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't that isn't that how it? That's of course the one time I get any mode of. <laughs> I'm <laughs> on a platform to shut it down. Oh. oh well. Well, thank you for listening to the Garfcast. We will see you next week. Remember to hate Mondays and eat lasagna.
right. So um, have you have you listened to the Garf cast before? Like, I don't know if you listened to anything to. Yeah, I listened a little bit to uh, prep myself. I listened to your uh, episode on um, Garfield's Fun Fest, which I've also seen. I'm also a survivor, and uh, I can confirm it is definitely one of the worst things related to Garfield, which that is, even that is a bold claim, but it's up mm-hmm. there. Oh, it was just atrocious. <laughs> just irredeemable, really. Yeah. 